Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report on Draft Day. It is Draft Thursday. I am Michael Borky. Glad that you guys are with me. And I uh, I love the draft. This is a very fun night, fun weekend uh, for me. I hope you guys enjoy it. But as much to do anyway, because you know, as an NFL fan myself, uh, I have adopted the Saints and uh, have fallen deeply in love with that football team, uh, despite their propensity to disappoint me. But either way, uh, I love this night as an NFL fan, as a sports fan in general. This is so, so, so much fun for me. And there's a handful of Ole Miss players that maybe won't get picked tonight, although some people do think there's one that might sneak his way into the first round, maybe, more likely a, a second-round pick. But either way, we're going to turn draft night into an old Miss conversation because that's what I'm supposed to do on this podcast. It's supposed to be old Miss only, so we're going to focus on the draft, but a handful of old Miss players that are going to get selected, at least I think the answer is going to get selected uh, at some point this weekend and uh, where would they fit, what kind of pros they will be, and all that good stuff. So I appreciate you guys checking the podcast out. Uh, If you're listening in browser, I appreciate you checking out the website, but pull out your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, leave a rating and a review if you like what you hear. Also follow me on social media at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. Very uncreative. I have no special name. I'm not creative at all. I just put my name on stuff. It is what it is. So you can find me on all the social media channels there. All right. NFL draft tonight. It's just the first round tonight. Uh, I've got a couple of mocks up in front of me right now, neither of which have Jonathan Mingo uh, going in the first round, but there are some people that think that he might. Uh, I I think Peter Schrager recently had Mingo going to the Saints, which is an interesting fit uh, to, to be fully transparent with you. I don't think the Saints need to take a wide receiver in the first round. That is no disrespect to Mingo, who obviously I will be rooting for at the at the next level, and I think he's a quality player, and and he would help the Saints. I just don't think the Saints need to go wide receiver uh, in the first round. I think defensive line is far more important uh, for them than wide receiver, but I've, I just pulled up Schrager's second mock draft, and he actually has the Saints going tight end, which is also a position that I don't think they need in the first round, but what the hell do I know? I, I'm just a opinion guy and a radio host and a podcaster and stuff. Um, not an NFL GM who has balanced the salary cap better than anybody, but either way, we'll start with Mingo because he is a guy – that has absolutely shot up a a lot of people's boards. Apparently, he he has tested very well. I mean, he looked good at the Combine, uh, but he interviews well, apparently, also. They they like who he is as a person. And and people like to mock the draft process and, you know, the questions that they get in the interviews and the overanalyzation of all of this. And I do think it's funny when people just dismiss things like that. But when you are a scout and you're looking at players and 
with all due respect to Mingo, who again, good, big physical guy, you know, athletic, all that stuff, played in the SEC, battled some injuries, but you know, played well. He he's not much different than a lot of other guys. Now, apparently, this is a smaller wide receiver class, but he he's not like DK, where physically he just stands so out so much from everybody else. So what will separate a guy like Mingo from other receivers who are similar to him on people's boards? Well, interviewing well, being a good person, having good character traits and things like that. And people just try to oversell that so much, and they're wrong. I'll give you an example. People like me, media people, try to tell you that uh, opting out of bowl games don't matter and nobody cares that, that players don't play in bowl games. Some NFL teams don't, but I know... For an absolute fact, there's at least a few that do. I have talked to somebody that worked in scouting for an NFL team that understands their line of thinking, and that NFL team straight up uh, views opting out of bowl games as a player quitting on their team. They look at it that way. Will it make or break? Uh like them picking that player? No, but it is a negative mark for some NFL teams. They do view it that way. So when a media person tries to tell you that nobody cares about bowl game opt-outs, that is just simply untrue. And so they do things like dig into their character and their personal lives and stuff. And apparently Mingo uh, is checking a lot of boxes and he tested well and he's moving up. And, and there's a chance that he goes tonight, but possibly more likely going. Uh, tomorrow in the second round, which of course would be awesome uh, for for not only for Ole Miss but for him as well. Uh, just another wide receiver coming out of Ole Miss. It's uh, it's been an impressive run. It's not just DK and AJ. I mean Moncrief and and Treadwell. Even after the injury, he wasn't the same player. But Treadwell keeps finding his way onto rosters. I know he's not a wide receiver, but Evan Ingram. He is a tight end, but he's more of a pass-catching tight end. And now these guys, it's uh, it's been an impressive run. And it does, kind of rambling, forgive me for that, but it does make me wonder why Lane Kiffin and his staff has been unable to take a high school wide receiver that they've recruited and make them an impact player. Every wide receiver on this year's team that I expect to have an impact is via transfer. I guess it doesn't matter, though, because if they leave your school and go to the NFL, then it's they still count as uh, going to your school. So I guess it doesn't matter where they came from. But that is a, an interesting little side note uh, about this particular staff. Is had a hard time um, getting high school receivers, so far anyway, uh, to have major impacts on their team. But um, I'm not surprised at all that, that Mingo's shooting up boards uh, with uh, – his physicality and and also apparently his character doesn't surprise me at all. Looking forward to seeing where he ends up. Uh, the other wide receiver likely uh, to get drafted from Ole Miss is Malik Heath. Uh, I don't think he's as high on people's boards as uh, as Mingo is, but Malik Heath is uh, a transfer portal success story. And I don't mean for Ole Miss. I mean, just in general, uh, stories like Malik Heath are, are why I don't hate everything about the transfer portal. He needed a reset. He needed a fresh start. Uh, he goes to a place that will better, uh, that did better exploit his talents. 
And now he's going to be a professional football player. Had he stayed at Mississippi State, I don't think he would be in the position that he's in this weekend where somebody's going to take him and somebody's going to get a highly productive physical player. I really like Malik Heath and um, uh, seemingly had, had did a lot of growing up when he was at Ole Miss. Uh, he was, uh, for, whether it's fair or not, the narrative about Malik Heath at Mississippi State was he was a bit of a troublemaker. Well, he goes to Ole Miss, uh, I, I was a good soldier, played really good football, played hurt, was tough as hell, a willing blocker. I I was really impressed with Malik Keith uh, this season, everything that, that he did. Somebody, I think, is going to get a steal uh, with Malik Keith. If he really is like a fifth or sixth round guy or something like that, if that's where he ends up, somebody is going to get an absolute steal. He's got... All the physical, I mean, his hands are good. He can go up and get the football. He's he's willing to be physical. He plays through injuries. I really like him. And the year he had at Ole Miss was really, really impressive. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where he ends up. As a Saints fan, I would not hate at all. If he's there in, like, the fourth round and the Saints go get him, I, I'm cool with that. I don't think they need a first-round receiver, but, man, if you have Olave – and uh, and Michael Thomas, if he's healthy, um, we'll we'll see there. Uh, but but adding Heath to that mix, where he's like the fourth wide receiver, I think that that would be awesome uh, for the Saints. So anyway, looking forward to seeing where those two end up. Jonathan Mingo shooting up boards. I think Malik Heath will be a steal for somebody, whoever is able to get him this weekend. We'll talk about the handful of the other guys that are looking uh, to get drafted this weekend. But first, I want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you or your business are located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi and you are in the market for office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage and data security and IT projects, whatever it is, if it's tech, if it's in the office and your business is located in Mississippi and you need that technology, check them out. ABSMS.com, Advantage Business Systems. And if you tell them I sent you, you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So they'll come out, perform an assessment, tell you you know, what they got. You tell them what you need, what your budget is, and they will find that solution for you on me. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. they got 16 locations across the state of Mississippi conveniently located for you. Of course, they have online banking, but it's uh, it's a one-stop shop. You don't need three different apps to transfer funds and set alerts and make payments and stuff. It's all in one place. All you need is internet connection, and Priority One Bank has got you covered. Of course, also uh, local loan decision-making, so you don't have to get on the phone or get on Zoom with somebody in Louisville, Kentucky, or wherever. It's face-to-face. You get to know that person. They live uh, in your backyard, not literally, that would be weird, but they, they live in your backyard and uh, you get to talk to them and they service you face to face with Priority One Bank. Again, let them make you their priority. Tavius Robinson is a guy that I'm fascinated by and, and I love stories like him. If if you were ever curious why I love sports so much, uh, aside from the personal you know, my dad took me to a game when I was a kid or whatever. It's stories like Tavius Robinson. I love stuff like this. He's a physical freak, plays in Canada. COVID stops their season from happening, transfers to Old Miss. So he goes from Canada to Oxford, Mississippi to play in the SEC. 
uh, just a totally different world when it comes to the, the quality of football, also the type of football that they actually play. And I imagine, even though uh, everybody listening to this loves Oxford, as you should, by the way, it's an outstanding place to live, but um, it's probably very different for a Canadian uh, to, to move to Mississippi. And he acclimated well, and he was really solid and played really good football. And now, well, look, he, he's not like a headliner for, for any draft class. I was talking to somebody earlier today, and I said, I would not be surprised at all if you look up 10 years from now, and Tavius Robinson is still on an NFL roster making really good money. Uh, you know, not the best pass rusher, but he's capable, solid, see, I, and another guy that seems like an outstanding dude. So he'd be good in the locker room physically. I mean, he's huge and he's still like new to American football and, and high level football. And he was really, really solid and stable for Ole Miss uh, for, uh, during his time there. He's going to be a, a late-round guy and uh, another player that, again, I think you look up in 10 years and Tavius Robinson is going to be on a roster somewhere and somebody's going to have a really solid player that's going to play rotational snaps and do good things on special teams and be a good locker room guy. And uh, it'll be somebody that you get to put up on the facility wall for, for years and years and years to come. I, I think, you know, it's kind of weird is when I look at this class, if you ask me who I think will be in the league the longest, I wouldn't be surprised if it's him. I would not be surprised if it's him. That that might be goofy to some of you, but I, I'm a big fan of his. I, I really think that he's just solid. And the NFL, it, you can make a great living for a long time if you're just solid. If you do the little things well and, and you take care of your body and you're a good locker room guy and, and he's all of those things, and physically also, I mean, he's, He's a freak. He's a physical freak, which that league is made up of, but still. Uh, so, yeah. Zach Evans, uh, I actually saw an interview of his with um, Good Morning Football, which is a show I, I really, really like, actually. And Zach was awfully confident uh, about his ability, and he should be. It's a shame, really, that that we only got to see not just one year of Zach Evans, but not a year of, of fully healthy Zach Evans at, at Ole Miss. And even when, or even though he wasn't fully healthy, uh, he, he was highly, highly productive. And he's a really explosive back, does a lot of things well. The, the question, of course, is uh, can he maintain uh, his health? Uh, that That's going to be a question that NFL teams have for him that, that might lead to some reluctance to pick him because uh, of, of his injury history and, and haven't, not having completed a season, but in that interview, he was highly confident and, and he should be because when he is healthy, uh, he's explosive. Uh, he can be physical. I mean, you saw it uh, e even when he was battling through injury at Texas A&M. I mean, willing to just run right through people. Uh, I would love speaking to the Saints. I would love him as a complimentary back to Alvin Kamara if Kamara avoids prison, which I hope Alvin Kamara avoids prison. That that would that would be good. That would be good for the Saints if uh, if Alvin Kamara does not go to prison. And apparently, there's a chance that that happens. But if he doesn't, if they find a way out of that, uh, Zach Evans would be a, a really nice uh, complimentary piece. That's going to be, I think, anyway, where he makes uh, his money in the NFL. Not necessarily as as a feature back, but a complimentary back. And and he's going to have some people that are going to want him in that spot. Uh, I, I think that, again, in New Orleans, I think he'd fit really well. 
uh, places like that where he won't have to be relied on for you know 20 plus touches a game but man a, a change of pace back or, or somebody that that can spell uh, a starter and be as explosive as he is um somebody's going to take him and somebody's going to get a, a player with with first round ability not in the first round just because of his uh, his injury history so I'm curious to see where he goes. It's a league that does not value running backs anymore, although B. John Robinson from Texas might creep up into the top 15, uh, according to some people. But it's not a league that values running backs anymore. But when when you've got that talent level available to you in in the er earlier mid-rounds, then you've got to take somebody like that, and we'll um, we'll see if they do. Last one, at least, of the players for Ole Miss that went to the Combine, uh, anyway. Uh, Nick Broker. Um, I've I've read some stuff about him. I don't know if this is true or not. This is just what I've read about him, that um, pass blocking is something that's uh, a bit of a concern. Again, I don't know if it's true or not. I'm certainly not a scout, but that is, uh, that is something that might – uh, keep him down, I suppose, uh, from not getting drafted super duper high, but physical, especially in run blocking, uh, got that mean streak, and that shows up when you watch him play. He just plays pissed off, which which is a compliment. Uh, so we'll see where he goes uh, as well. As far as guys that are possibly undrafted free agents or, or things like that, uh, we'll just we'll have to see. Uh, somebody like a Troy Brown, uh, I, I don't know if he gets drafted, but where he could end up uh, when healthy also, he seems to be like a really good high-level player. Um, he just spent the year dealing with a brutal shoulder injury and playing through it like like the tough SOB that he is, you know? Um, you hate it for him because it was his, his year to showcase it in the SEC, but even when he wasn't healthy, he still played well, so... Um, there, there's guys like that as well to keep an eye on, but the, the combine invitees are the ones that are, are most likely to get drafted and, uh, looking forward to seeing where they go, where they go this weekend. Uh, also I, I can't, I can't stop thinking about this and, and we'll end with this, the, the, this quarterback class. Remember last year when, when Matt Corral was coming out? And everybody was talking about how terrible of a quarterback draft class it was. Awful, right? Terrible quarterback draft class. And I've got a mock draft in front of me that has Will Levis going number four to Indianapolis. I, I, I am I'm flabbergasted. Is that the word to use? Flabbergasted by that those two things existing in the same world. Because if you gave Lane Kiffin the option, uh, Lane Kiffin, you need to win a football game. You need to win a football game. And I will give you the choice of Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, or Matt Corral in their last year of football. So Anthony Richardson, Will Levis this year, Matt Corral last year. And you need to go win a football game. Who do you pick? And not because of personal relationships, he picks Matt Corral every time. And so does everybody else in college football. Everybody else would have taken Matt Corral over those two. But yet I watched Will Levis play, and they talk about, oh, he didn't have the same talent as teams that he played against. Um, so you're telling me Kentucky is less talented than Miami of Ohio and Vanderbilt? 
That's what we're talking about here. Will Levis stunk. He stunk on the actual football field. Yes, he's tall and he's strong and he can throw the football and hit the scoreboard at Jerry World. That's great. But when it comes to playing the game of football against bad teams, he was still bad. But but this is the can't-miss guy that goes in the top five. But Matt Corral, who played through injury, was tough as hell, and played high-level football, oh, he's not good enough. Just toss him aside. Just absolutely blows my mind. Will Levis is better than Matt Corral in nothing when it comes to actually playing football. Nothing. And yet, Corral stinks, and Will Levis is a guy going in the top five. Explain that to me, because that doesn't make any sense at all. And that's why the Colts are in the position that they're in. Because they lucked into Andrew Luck, no pun intended, and then after that, they've been a disaster at the position. And then they're going to go pick Will Levis? Give me a break. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, We'll do a draft recap uh, after some of these guys start getting taken off the board. We'll, uh, We'll talk to you then. Enjoy your weekend. And if you're looking for a distraction from baseball, the draft can provide that for you. Talk to you again soon. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.